0: Hey there, this is Dee Yvonne Vivers, your host for Birth Moms Real Talk, a podcast where you will hear the journeys of birth mothers who have placed children in adoption and also have some emotional and tough conversations, or you may say hot topics about adoption. Listen in. Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to Birth Moms Real Talk. I'm your host, D. Yvonne Rivers, and I'm so happy to be here. This is a broadcast podcast of love. It really has come out of love. And I'm so excited to have birth moms from around the world coming on and sharing their story. And I'm so happy to have Nikki here today. Welcome, Nikki. Hello. Thank you for allowing me. Okay, great. We have birth moms, we all have a story. <laughs> I like to say we had a story to tell. This is a platform for you to tell your story. So I'll just give you the floor to sort of share a little bit about your journey. I may interact and ask questions. So but we really wanna to get to know you, how it was of being a birth mom and we'll talk about other things. So begin telling your story. Well, thank
1: you. I guess my story starts back 16 years old, a junior in high school and found myself pregnant which is not an uncommon story start there but for me i actually never got my pregnancy confirmed before telling people i like to think that that's a kind of a funny part i was sitting in my bedroom. you know the
0: question is why i mean you just okay i'm pregnant i'm telling everyone right
1: (laughs) well i actually sat in my my bedroom at home and my parents had this blue medical encyclopedia that my sister and i used to go through all the time and I was looking up something and then I was like, I'm going to look up pregnancy. And obviously, if you're going to look that up, you probably have some <laughs> thoughts that you might be. And I was like, exactly. oh, I check, off, I check off all of these symptoms. And so I was like, I'm pregnant. And yeah. I kept it hidden for about two weeks, told mm-hmm. absolutely nobody. Mm-hmm. And then I wrote a four page letter to my mother because I couldn't face them. Uh, I, to this day, I will say I have the most amazing parents. They have been wonderful my entire life, but to be able to sit there and say, Hey, I'm pregnant. was probably one of the scariest things. And actually just a few months ago, I found that letter. Wow. Okay. Yeah. It's the first time I've read it since I wrote it 20 years ago. Hmm. And to go back and remember where my head was at that time and I didn't even think about, like, I had suicidal thoughts. And that was the only time in my life where I ever considered that. that. And to have put it down in a letter and put that kind of burden on my mom, too, it was hard to relive. But I dropped the letter off on the back of a
0: couch and went off to school. How did you know she would find <laughs> it? It could be well, stuffed down in the sofa. She never knew until you can. To- okay, go ahead. Oh, I knew because it was <laughs> right by the
1: door. And it, I wrote mom in big letters. So okay. I knew she would see it on her way out not knowing she had to go to a baby shower that day. So yeah, it was bad timing for me, but uh, I came home from school that day and she had planned to have my sister go off to a friend's house. And her and I had a huge conversation, Mm. lots of tears, obviously her initial thoughts were, I need to send you away, Mm. which looking back, I'm like, I completely understand her, her reaction. That was, that was what she understood. What was your feeling when she said, "Me"? How did you feel? Me? I I don't even know. I I think for me it was just more like I'm still processing everything. Like if you want to send me to my grandma's, I will go there. Mm -hmm. I will do whatever you need me to do because I didn't want to put any more burden on my family.
0: Mm -hmm. Right? Interesting word, Nikki. If I can interrupt, burden. Yeah. Really? Like
1: you think about that? Like you're not supposed to be pregnant in 16, and 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 looking back, I was you know I was the good girl. I was an honor roll student. I was not popular, but I wasn't. I wasn't a social outcast. I fit somewhere in the middle. Like that wasn't supposed to happen to me, right? Okay. okay. You know, like I say that with a little bit of kind of jest there, because obviously there is no type when it comes to this. <laughs> but at that time, that's what was going through my head. This shouldn't right. happen to girls like me.
0: Right. Right. Girls like me—that's another word. That's another topic we need to cover. <laughs> you just <laughs> yeah. gave another topic. The girls, okay, all right. Girls, girls like, like me, me.
1: <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I will say though, thankful for my father. My dad came home and he walked into the room with his wife and his daughter bawling, and she said, "You have to tell him." And I've always been a daddy's girl.
0: And oh, now she back up, your daddy. Yeah. So you and your mom were not your mom and your dad were not together at that time. Nope.
1: They were, they're married still to this day, but he came home and he was like, and she's like, he, or sorry, he was at work when we initially, initially had the conversation. So he came home from work and she's like, you've got to give him the news. So I told him, mm-hmm. I will never forget his reaction because it's probably one of the best reactions. Oh, I thought it was going to be worse. Mm. Okay. Okay. And to this day, I still don't know what
0: worse is. Okay. Okay. But- <laughs> So it's almost like you're giving him good news. It's like, this is not as bad as you think it is. I know. And
1: my dad is, he's that type of guy. Okay, Okay. And he immediately said, nope, she's not going anywhere. We're going to have her here. We'll help her in whatever her decision is. And at this time, I already knew what my decision was. Yep. Uh, So for us, adoption has been talked about in our family since I can remember. We have- had a couple birth mothers in my family. So I knew that adoption was always an option or out there, not necessarily an an option for me directly, although the birth mothers had never talked to me about their experiences.
0: Mm. But you somehow knew. So was it a hidden secret? So we
1: all knew it was never actually a secret at all. They just never talked about their experiences though. We always just knew that there were children that were placed from our family. Okay. probably knowing now if I had had those discussions, maybe it would have been a different experience, you mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. but yeah. So I actually knew I was going to place before I told my parents. Wow.
0: Okay.
1: So I, at 16 years old, up.
0: 16 years yeah. old. Okay.
1: 16 years old. I knew I was going to place. I, I actually charted out how I could figure out the rest of my school year, hmm. how I could graduate high school so that none of them had to worry about that. That was all in my four page letter. Okay. Okay.
0: You're a phenomenal <laughs> young lady at 16, I have to say, to have all that thought process from the fact that you believed you were pregnant and just verified through a medical decision.
1: <laughs> to this day, I laugh about that. I'm like, how did I do that? And we, I got tested the next morning after okay. I told my parents and it was confirmed. And I was about 20 weeks along. So I wasn't early in this when I, when I figured this out, I was 18 weeks. Okay. So there were obviously some things that were going on with my body. I wasn't showing, but right. lots of morning sickness and just weird feelings. So okay. yeah, I, I still laugh about that to this day. Okay. Just like, how do you just assume that you're pregnant?
0: <laughs> right, right. So once everyone knows and you made your decision, so moving forward towards the birth, how was that? What was the interim time? Was it any Uh, connection with the birth dad or?
1: So he was, he was kind of involved. We were not dating at all, but we did have a family meeting that included him and his mother and everybody was on board with what I was, what I wanted to do, which I'm thankful for that. And then a family was presented to me. I didn't go through an agency. I had an independent adoption. So I was represented by an attorney. Which I know is a little bit different because, you know, as I listen to a lot of stories, agencies are involved in most of them. But
0: mine's was a private adoption also.
1: I- I'm glad to hear that. Well, yeah. yeah. It's, it's interesting because not a lot of people are talking. Not a lot of people talk about that mm-hmm. as much. I think.
0: Right. Right.
1: But a lovely couple was presented to me you know, they present it as parent or two people who've been married for so long, they were unable to conceive. Would you consider placing your child with them? Mm -hmm. And it's kind of like, how do you say no to those situations? Right. Like, I, they came out, they lived in another state for me at the time and they came out and they were, they were beautiful people like inside and out. They were a little bit closer to my parents' age than mine. So they had more of a bond with my parents than me. And I think that also plays into our relationship down the road too, because in my head, I, I feel like they always see me as a 16, 17 year old girl Mm, that, that gave birth to their daughter. So it's kind of played in our dynamic in our relationship over the years too and that might be all in my head though but okay. it's still there
0: <laughs> right 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 okay
1: yep so that was you know a few months they came out to see me a couple times i actually got to go to their house and mm-hmm. see where my daughter was going to live
0: wow it was a open adoption
1: yes and yeah. i will say i struggle with defining my adoption yeah. when you hear the terms of closed semi and open right i know mine's open i had information about her her entire life Mm-hmm. But we also went through every single kind of adoption over her life. So there were years that I didn't have any communication with them and years that it was very limited and years where I saw her. So I struggle with def- definitions, okay. just with everybody in general. I struggled, I struggled to define adoption because everybody has slightly different. Choices. Absolutely. Yes. So diverse.
0: Yeah. So diverse. Yeah. 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 So uh, but
1: if we go back to birth, mm-hmm. I went into labor super early one morning. My mom had worked the night shift that night and she had just got home like an hour before I started my first contractions. And so going back to that, I don't want to put a burden on anybody. I labored by myself in my bedroom for hours because I didn't want, I wanted her to have some sleep and I knew my dad had to get up early. My sister's in the room next to me. So like I sat there and timed them by myself until I couldn't take it anymore.
0: Wow. Wow. This sense of not wanting to burden, what's behind that?
1: I don't even know. Like, that's actually just like kind of coming up as I'm, I feel like every time you tell your story, you learn new things yes, about it,
0: right? Absolutely.
1: absolutely. And that might be something I've uncovered a lot of lately. Right. Is-
0: and and that's what this podcast is going to do. I, I see it. And just in the interviews I've done so far, it is like revelation when you do share your story and it's different. And it's like, well, have I thought about that before? But it's pertinent. And I think it helps others when you do share I couldn't agree
1: more. And as you learn from other birth mothers too, and hear their stories and, and, and how they've processed things. I'm like, wait a second. I hadn't looked, I hadn't thought of it that way. And, Mm -hmm. and I've learned so much just, just in the last year alone about my own journey that has taken it to completely different places that I never thought I would get to.
0: Right. So it's, so, it's, so after you figured you need to call somebody.
1: <laughs> I did wake up my mother. She okay. was great. <laughs> okay. And helped me through those. And obviously at a certain point, we actually called her adoptive parents and they had originally planned to come to our town later that day. Mm. Uh, it was scheduled because I'd been given two two due days okay. and they were two days apart. And I went into labor on the day in between them. So they were planning to come out anyways, and they actually rearranged their schedule and got on the first flight that they could mm-hmm. to our town mm-hmm. um, because I told them I wanted them there. Okay. Um, okay. For me, it was really important that they were there for every second of her life. Ooh, that's a big step. Yeah. I, looking back, I do have a lot of feelings about the decisions I made then mm-hmm. and not Fully regret, but I wish I had made some changes to my birth plan. Okay, but making sure that they were there, okay. I mean, they were they were in the room when she was delivered. Wow. Both of her parents. Okay, uh, okay, and that was important to me because if they were going to be her parents, I wanted it to be from the moment she she took her first breath.
0: Okay,
1: on, okay. and I know that can be that can actually be kind of controversial. I think in the adoption community too. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, uh, having yeah. adopted parents in there,
0: mm-hmm.
1: but for me it was it was important. I had a party. It was my parents, her adoptive parents, my best friend. We were all in a room.
0: <laughs> okay. Okay.
1: Uh, so we, so they held her first.
0: Was that your decision?
1: It was my decision. Okay. It might be the only thing I regret.
0: Mm. Okay. You did hold her. You did.
1: I did. I did. I get to, I got to spend time with her. It, that is one thing that I wish that it, it kind of, it, it brings hurt yeah. because yeah. they're still your children.
0: Yes. 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 And that that's such a sensitive moment at that time. You just described the, all of them being in the uh, delivery room. So they all saw her going at that you delivered and you saw, as you say, her parents holding her.
1: Yeah. Watching them kind of go back and forth. And then I got to be the third person mm-hmm. to hold her. Mm-hmm. And I do have an image. There is a photo of her adoptive mother handing me her. Oh wow! And I mean that—that that is special to me in in a lot of ways. It also brings up a lot of a lot of emotions, but yeah, it's special because you know we're a team, or we should be a team mm-hmm. with these mm-hmm. children.
0: I, I like to say myself, it takes both nature and nurture. Yes, both both yes. plays a big part. Big part. Not not, and you can't have adoption without one and the other. You got to have both to have adoption or else it doesn't exist.
1: I couldn't agree more. I mean, obviously my DNA is running through her body and the way that they, uh, you know, they, they parented her is also important. Right. They gave her opportunities that I know I wouldn't have been able to give her, but I gave her something that they couldn't give her.
0: (laughs) Both, both. You've saying both. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Yes. (laughs) Yes. So tell me for how long were you in the hospital? How was it leaving the hospital with
1: I was only in the hospital for a day Okay. and so it was kind of short. We were gone the next day. And mm. I remember I had to be wheeled out of the hospital with her. Like they make you hold your yes. child leaving the hospital. And then immediately after I got out of the door though, I gave her to them mm-hmm. and she left in their car
0: mm-hmm.
1: and whew, that's a lot.
0: Yes. You know, when you just said that, because what year was this that your, your daughter was born? So this was 2000. 2000. Yeah. 1973, when my son was born, my expectation when I had made the decision to place was thinking that I would not walk out with him. But again, when you say it was required, that was the toughest day. It was one of the best days when I saw him, but then it was like, the worst day because that was the last time i saw him until reunion and there're no words to describe it
1: and i listen to those stories i'm in the middle of reading the girls that went away right okay. now okay i actually stopped listening to the audible so we could record this okay um, okay but i listen to these stories and i struggle with both being able to empathize but mm-hmm. also knowing that i like got something that many women didn't have mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. most of it comes from power right, and some control. Right. And like those feelings are so hard to juggle because mm-hmm. I tell my story to women and I feel guilty sometimes because I know that, you know, I got to, I got to pick a lot of things and, mm-hmm. and it wasn't, it wasn't a choice made for me.
0: Absolutely. You had some choices. You had yeah. some choices. Yeah. Okay. So moving yeah. on, were you Back, going back to school after your daughter was born, or
1: I actually had one month from the day she was born until I started yeah. my senior year of high school. Okay. Uh, okay, so you know your body changes after you you give birth, mm-hmm. and I'm going through all these hormonal changes. <laughs> I have to I have to quickly get my senior pictures taken sometime between her birth and starting high school, which was oh, wow. also a mess. Yeah, all the things you're not supposed to be doing at the same time, right? right. And then also trying to. Trying to process some of the feelings that you're going through when you place a child, and yeah, but being excited about your final year of high school and what's next for you. Yeah, Uh,
0: so what were some steps that you took to start the processing, the grieving? I call it because that's what it is.
1: I am glad you mentioned that because for me, there were a couple things that happened in my grieving process that have a very long time frame in between them. Mm -hmm. So initially, my attorney connected me with a with a wonderful counselor. I had a counselor before placement and after placement. And I always felt, I always looked at her as this. She was just a perfect addition to, to my journey. Okay. But at the same time, I don't think I actually processed any grief. Mm. And for me, my grief didn't start until just a couple of years ago.
0: Wow.
1: I, I say this all the time that my mom jokingly told me that I was this cold hearted person because I couldn't feel things. After that. And it wasn't until just about three years ago. And, and I know this might sound funny for some people, but I lost my dog. I had a dog for 13 years and she passed unexpectedly. And it was one of the worst things I'd experiences, experienced since placing my daughter. Right. And the loss of her broke me. Yeah. And when that happened, I started to feel everything. Right. I started to feel 18 years worth of grief. Yeah.
0: You broke a open a damn of emotions. Yeah. That was a
1: Now I emotion. cry on the, yeah. Now I cry on on cue. Okay. Okay. <laughs>
0: okay. 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 Yeah. So my
1: grieving didn't start until just recently and then you add in COVID and mm-hmm. doing my own self-discovery in this last year has brought up so many new feelings right. in the processing taking that to a whole other level, bringing in a, a new counselor who can help me process that too and then meeting other birth mothers and listening to their stories and being able to grieve together those have been the most important things in my journey mm-hmm. absolutely
0: so during that period of time from the time of the birth of your daughter and you were saying you were sort of going between open and semi-open and so forth how were those years
1: Whew, it was a roller coaster a oh, roller that, coaster
0: that's okay so you birth- know what we know what birth moms need to need to trademark roller coasters <laughs> Because really <laughs> that that's what it is, these emotions. It is. That yeah. that is the only way you can really
1: describe mm-hmm. what we go through mm-hmm. in everything, because there are good days, there are bad days, there are blah days and
0: mm-hmm. but Yeah, uh, white knuckle journey, days and you're just wow. holding on. Then there are the wee days on. that you get your arms upstretched, you're just going over a heel, you know. So it's all yes. different kinds.
1: Oh, oh, most definitely. Yeah. So our journey, her first four years, I actually saw her once a year. Okay. I'm very, very thankful that I got that. And the last one actually was kind of a whim. I had moved to California and they lived in California and I lived about 20 minutes from their house Mm -hmm. and I called them up and said, can I come over and see you guys? And they didn't hesitate. They allowed me to come over. Uh, Okay. And this is one of my favorite memories. So she was four and she pulled my arm and she like dragged me up the stairs and she showed me every single one of her toys in her bedroom. Oh, wow.
0: She didn't know who I was. I was about to ask you, did she know who you were?
1: I was a family friend. Okay. Not that they kept adoption from her at all, but at four, I think for them, they just weren't ready to have those discussions. And I can, I can respect that, but she, she just grabbed my hand and. And just pulled me up the stairs and showed me every single toy she had in her room. Mm -hmm. And at the time I was engaged and my fiance was with me and he was a photographer. So he brought his camera and he documented Mm -hmm. that. And those photos are some of my prized possessions.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. When you get a capture of your children when they're young in age, even though you're not in their life every day.
1: Yeah. And that was the last time I saw her in person. Okay. Okay. So
0: Alrighty, yeah, and those those are memorable days, as you say. You've got yes. pictures of it. That's that roller coaster, Nikki, that you're talking oh, yes. about. That's
1: oh yeah, and I I have them sitting out in my house, so I see yeah. them often. <laughs> okay, okay, yeah,
0: yeah, and it's a roller coaster for the for the children also. It oh, is okay. not just on our side, you know. The just. In, telling my story or the whole purpose behind it is to have a platform that birth mothers can share, but it affects everyone. Everyone should listen. And I say everyone, because whether it's adoption is a secret or other things in the family, until people are able to talk and share about it, only then can the healing begin. Only then, because unless you can face it, you can't deal with it. You really can't.
1: And I tell people, I tell people in my circles that who aren't birth mothers, aren't adoptees or aren't adopted parents, I say, listen to these because I guarantee, you know, somebody who's a part of the constellation and understanding people's stories can help you realize what you need to be doing as a supporter in their, in their journeys too. Mm
0: -hmm. Absolutely. Supporter in the journeys, as well as I go back to whether they're in the triad or not, Discussion of a lot of these topics is rele- relegated in their own families, one way or another. Because when yes. we talk about, for is emotion and not wanting to burden, you know, these are key things across the whole universe, not just yes. the ab- the adoption trial. It's not exactly. It's not. It, I,
1: so. I, mean, I told I, I'm always talking to my my friends and my family, saying, "Listen to these stories. Mm-hmm. They're gonna help you in some way. You might not mm-hmm. understand exactly why." But yeah, when I talk about not wanting to burden my parents, there are other kids that feel that way, not necessarily 16 year old girls that are pregnant, but there are plenty of children that feel that they can't have those conversations, tough conversations Mm -hmm. with their families Mm -hmm. because they don't want to hurt them. They don't want to, to, to ruin their family
0: dynamic. Right, right. Or they don't understand that the parent will accept them. Whatever way they are, just as like your dad said, well, it's not what he was expecting. So he was ready for whatever it was. But when kids don't know, and I say kids, whatever their age, or even adults don't know how they're going to be responded. they, They won't reach out for fear. Fear will cripple you. It yeah. will just cripple you and really, I say, paralyze you in the place you are. And I heard you say for his exploration, this whole thing of COVID this past 14 months has given people the opportunity to truly think you mm-hmm. sometimes alone <laughs> or shut up <laughs> in your house. You can't go out. Even if you're pressing your head against the window, it's like, but deal with yourself. Deal with yes. yourself. Deal with and yourself. I,
1: I know that it, I know that COVID was a struggle for, for many people, mm-hmm. for me there were so many blessings of it and that okay. that mental health journey that i took mm-hmm. this last year was one of the most important things for me and then other some other positive adoption things happened during covid too okay, okay. so it, just doing that growth i mean what better way to kind of celebrate yourself Than to do a deep dive into who you are and why you are the way you are and start working on making sure that you're the best version of yourself.
0: Absolutely. Now I heard you mention that picture that you took with your daughter at age four was the last time you Mm -hmm. was with her. Yes. You care to share.
1: Kind of where we are now. Yeah. Yeah. So we are actually in reunion. We, when I, when I say our journey was up and down, I didn't see, I haven't seen her since she was four. Her adoptive mother was the one that was usually the communicator with me. And she would often send me cards with pictures and updates. We had about a six year span where we had no communication, though. Mm. And, uh, you know, it can be both of us that blame to blame for that. Cause I told you, I, I know, I knew where she was. Right. Um, right. I did send things periodically throughout that, throughout that time, mm-hmm. but there's also that power struggle between adoptive families and birth families that you don't want to step on anybody's toes or yeah. say the wrong thing. yeah And then when she was 14, her mother emailed me out of the blue and my work email too. So it was a shock. And she said that she's curious to learn more. So over the next few years she would ask me questions for our daughter and I would answer them being as open as possible there's never been a secret that okay. and I've told them from the get-go when she's ready I'm here
0: right,
1: um, right. and in October mm-hmm. in October I got another work email <laughs> okay. okay that said and I don't even know what the whole email said because I happened to see this one line in it it was in the middle of it and it said she found you on Instagram wow. she wants to connect
0: wow.
1: And I sat at my desk and bawled
0: Ooh.
1: because, you know, that's what you dream about, right? You dream yes. to, to reconnect with your child, to have, have a relationship with them directly. Yes. But no one prepares you for the emotions that you
0: feel. Oh no. When that moment happens. Oh no. Mine's was on at the computer through a LinkedIn message and I oh. got. A message from my son saying hi. I'm oh, <laughs> like hi. <laughs> Woo! It was like you just melt. I mean, it's one word, one word. It's like and and for me, that was 45 years. I've been waiting. Woo.
1: I, yes. I can't even imagine it when when I hear when I hear stories like yours and other people's. I'm like, I waited 20 and that was too long. Mm-hmm. I couldn't imagine waiting 40 mm-hmm. plus years, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and. And the thing that a lot of people don't understand is there's not a day that goes by that they're not in our thoughts, that right, right. we're not questioning where they are, what they're doing, right. who they've become. Absolutely.
0: So she wanted, that was Instagram. So what was the next step after that? So I impatiently waited. <laughs> impatiently. To I like that you pointed that out. Not patiently <laughs> waiting, impatiently. <No. laughs>
1: it's been impatient the entire time we've been doing this, but yeah. I had my phone in my hand waiting and it took a, a couple hours, about four hours. And she followed me on Instagram. And when that happened, I text my mm-hmm. entire family and said, mm-hmm. she's following me. Mm-hmm. Now I wait. Like, so I followed her back in about four, three and a half hours later, she sent me a big message. Okay. And I was driving. I was actually, I needed to go do, have a I had a work event. I, ha- I have a youth program that I run and I was going to meet up with one of the kids. And I happened to be driving by my sister's house, and I saw that I had this message. And I said, I texted her and I said, like, "I need to pull in your driveway. Can you read this message to me?"
0: Wow, because <laughs> I knew that's, I that's the emotion around it. And so you just really said it the way somebody else got to read this because I really can't handle it. I mean, really, <laughs> that's really Yes, awesome.
1: and my sister and I have this beautiful relationship, especially as she's becoming a mother right now. Okay. So she understands a lot of these feelings in mm-hmm. in a, the motherly feelings. Mm-hmm. So she runs out of the house. She's ecstatic, and grabs my phone and we go through this message together and just cry in her driveway, in the middle, the middle of everybody watching on this wow. busy road and just bawled.
0: <laughs> we don't care. I mean, I, I told, I, I told, I, I was interviewed on uh, Damon Davis, who am I really? And I said, when I met my son in person, it was like in the middle of a lobby of a hotel. We were hugging. I was just crying, I say, wetting up his shirt and so forth. We didn't pay attention to anyone around. I know they were looking. It was like, look, you know, I'm not stopping this. Not at all. Oh man. We
1: we don't care what we look no. like, what we're saying. Like we, that <laughs> moment is, that moment is something you dream about.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh. Okay. Good, oh. good, good. And,
1: uh, so then I eventually, uh, recovered and got myself put together, wrote her a message back. And then, you know, those, those initial few, first few days, it's like a honeymoon, right? Like yeah. you, you want to know everything all at once. Yeah. And yeah. I think I stayed up until five o'clock in the morning, some nights so I could get, so I could message her. I didn't want to miss any opportunity. So I right. wouldn't sleep.
0: Yeah.
1: And she's three hours difference in time. So that changed how things, and she's a night owl too. And I'm like, okay. oh my gosh, I i can't do this, but I'm going to. Uh-huh. But I, it was beautiful. She is the most beautiful and kind-hearted person. She's everything you'd want your child right. to grow up to be.
0: Right, right. And isn't that wonderful? Because I, I say that myself to my son. I would like my son, whether he was my son or not. I just, yeah. <laughs> I just <would laughs> like him as a person. I mean, and that's serious. That's really, I mean, that's, that's a true story. True. Yes. And, and, and that's the, whether, you know, he has my DNA or not. He's just, I would like him as a person. Exactly. That, like
1: that's him. that's a, that's a great way to describe it. That's what I would say about her is that she's just a beautiful person. And yeah, if she wasn't my daughter, I'd still want her in my life.
0: Right, right, right now. And it's still messaging on Instagram now. That's the status so, of the reunion.
1: We Instagram, we are texting, we've done zoom calls. Okay. She's in college and she's about to wrap up her last week of her junior year of college. Okay. And we've talked about meeting. We both want to, oh. we've talked about like some details as in who should be there. I asked her, I mean, do you want your parents there? Cause I right. understand that the comfort of them. Yeah. Uh, and I'm waiting until after she finishes finals okay. before okay. I say, Hey, let's, let's do this. I don't want to add any pressure, while right?
0: Right, understood. While
1: taking finals, understood. Um, but,
0: understood. But that
1: impatiently were that impatient yeah. word that I said, I just want to see her.
0: <laughs> I know, I know, it's going to edge. Is this today? Is this today? i know mean, really, you know. That's the point. That's the point. I know. Yeah.
1: I would yeah. drop everything and fly out there and see her now.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. So you sort of, I mean, you've got your own career. Did you ever have a family? All the kids.
1: So I was married for a few years and we did not have a family, uh, okay. got divorced.
0: Okay.
1: I do not have any other kids, currently okay. not married. Okay. And I mean, if I'm going to be raw and honest, I would probably, it, some of that has to do with my adoption. Okay. The not having any other kids, mm-hmm. I I feel a lot of guilt. And if I had another child, would I be replacing her? Hmm. And for me, i struggled with, should I have kids? Should I not have kids? And so I'm now at the point where I'm most likely not going to have kids. Right,
0: right. And and those are the, I don't want to call them side effects, but as you say, from the the adoption, because I, I went on also to get married and didn't have other children, had a couple of miscarriages. And so that feeling of, well, was not, not whether the miscarriage was my fault, but I had a son and I'm not with him so yeah. it's like these others now yeah but it's it's a different different situation just as you're saying is if your your place child is your only child yeah 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 so part of the podcast also we cover a topic and I call them hot topics it's like it's so hot you can't hold it <laughs> And and part of it's the whole point of this format, not only of hearing birth mom stories and journeys, but talking about things that I say need to be talked about and talked about on real. That's why the title, Birth Moms Real Talk, Mother's Day. Just that two words, Mother's yep. Day. Talk to me about Mother's Day.
1: And this is a great segue too, because I just said that I didn't have any other kids. Mm-hmm. So for the last 20 years, if you didn't know my story, you didn't know I was a mother. Right. And, and even if you didn't know my story, many people didn't consider me a mother.
0: Thank you for saying that. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Because that, that, that is true. That is true. Mother's day really, I don't know when your podcast will air, but mother's day really just recently passed. So what was that yeah. scenario? Just recent um, mother's day. So for many
1: years, like Mother's Day was okay to me. Like I I had my own like little, like, okay, I am my mother. Am I not a mother? Nobody really ever said happy Mother's Day to me. Mm-hmm. Not my mother, not my sister.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I know my sister has with a lot of our conversations lately, she has changed her tune and she's, okay. she's trying to, she's, she's taking that all in. My mother, I had to have a conversation with her this year mm-hmm. because every year I'm celebrating the beautiful women in my life. Yeah. None of them have ever celebrated me. Right. And I don't want that to sound selfish at all, but it's, it's, it's pain.
0: It's true. Yeah. (laughs) It's true. Whether, as you said, for as whoever acknowledges or, or whether acknowledging you as a mother, because you're not with your child does not negate you not being a mother. Yeah. We will always be mothers.
1: Exactly. We will
0: always be mothers. We still think like mothers. Yes,
1: yes. And and that's what I think a lot of people don't necessarily understand that concept. That how can you be a mother if you're not parenting a child? But I think about her and her well being is always on my mind. And mean honestly, decisions I've made in my life are because of her. Right. Because I wanted to make sure that when she found me, I was the yes. I was going to be worthy of her love. Yes. So how yes. am I not a mother?
0: Right, right. And that's part of, we we sort of touched a little bit about it before, about grief. Oh, I think the technical clinical term is disenfranchised grief, which means society or community do, do not really acknowledge the grief of not being with our children. But it's grief of being, mm-hmm. aside from your children, you 20 years, me 45 years, different years or whatever, but that was not. It's missing whether it was after two hours, you weren't with them three hours, two days, one day it's that bond is still there. And I called it the birth bond. It's that oh, birth, yeah, you know, you can't break, I mean, yeah. how are you going to change the birth bond? You can't change it. That's just what it is. That is just That's what it true. is. Yeah. I'm going to have to start using that term. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> so, so mother's day itself. And as you say, whether it's, whether you're celebrated or not, I'm so thankful my story is being told on, on Damon's podcast. I'll tell my story as we go along. But a angel in my life who helped me during a time when I didn't have others. I got my first Mother's Day flowers this year on Mother's Day. That's beautiful. What a feeling. Ooh. What a feeling. And he sent a note, you deserve it. Oh, that was just, ooh, so like, take me out, take me out. I mean, really, <laughs> Yes.
1: Yes. When we talk about the little things that matter to us, that. Yes. That's all it is. It's the recognition.
0: Yes. And acknowledgement, you know, and that day, my son, simple text, happy Mother's Day with a heart, meant the world to me, meant the world to me. Just that. Yeah. Just that just that. So that's the impact. And that that's what we want people to know who listen into this podcast. And as I say, whether you're a part of the triad, you're a birth adoptive adoptees and listening and just listening to the stories to really see the effect and how it can be beneficial. I, I see this podcast, if I were to describe it as this is a time we'll laugh, we'll cry, we'll <laughs> heal and we'll help thousands of people. The number of people out there, and there are some uh, adoptees or people out there don't even know they're adopted. You know, you hear those stories, and wow. it's like imagine them finding out at different times or whatever that they're adoptive and how they're going to deal with it, or the whole the emotions, and it's involving everyone—not just the adoptees, the birth parents, adoptive parents, but the number one are our children. They come yes. first. They, they always
1: should be first too. Yes. And I think that some people, like we kind of forget that they they should be the focus always.
0: Absolutely. Adoptees,
1: uh, you know, they're the only ones in this, in the triad that didn't have a decision. Absolutely. happened? And yeah. I feel like that is something that I've learned so much that yes. as I, as I l- become friends with so many adoptees and I learn about, about their journeys, I'm like, mm-hmm. I want to advocate for you. Mm-hmm. Because you deserve the support mm-hmm. and, and, you know, the resources and the ability to find out who you were, right? who you right. are.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Because along with it, what would it take for you to heal? What do you need? That is always yeah. my question. How can I help you? How can I be there for you? Because that's, that's my role. That's my role. You, I was away from you, but I'm here. Always had you always have been in my heart. We always will be. And it takes that both sides of it. It's that nurture and that nature. We have to work together to really heal our children. That's all we're good at to heal our children. This has been wonderful. Any last thoughts, Nikki?
1: Just kind of playing off the Mother's Day thing. If you, if anybody knows a birth mother in their life, I wouldn't, I always tell people, don't just assume they want to hear Happy Mother's Day that weekend, but make some kind of time Mm -hmm. to acknowledge them. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't have to be saying happy mother's day because right. not every woman wants to hear that. Right. But they do want to they do want people to know that they are still a mother and whether you're celebrating birth mother's day or mother's day. Right. Just that simple acknowledge just you acknowledging that they that they went through something. At Absolutely. A, certain time.
0: A, a simple statement of saying I know this weekend may be tough for you. Yes. I'm here for you. Yes. It's just to be there. It is mm-hmm. something to be there. Well, thank you so much, Nikki. This has been awesome. This has been wonderful. This really will share and heal and really the people who are listening in to Birth Moms Real Talk. We're coming to you with Birth Moms Journeys each particular episode and talking about a hot topic. So Mother's Day, whether you've not had other children or you've got other children, acknowledge yourself. Because what I did this year also, I ordered my own spa package that was delivered to my Mother's Day. So I know how to give to myself in spite of. So we do have to do this self-care. We have got to do this self-care. Oh. We
1: you were the second birth mother that has said that in the last couple of weeks. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm going to start this next year.
0: <laughs> yes, absolutely. Absolutely. You've been listening to Birth Moms Real Talk. I'm your host, D. Yvonne Rivers. Stay focused, stay tuned. Keep joining us. See you next time. Thanks so much for listening in to Birth Moms Real Talk where birth mothers share their journeys and we have an open and honest conversation about adoption. If you would like to share your story or you have any comments, you can reach us at birthmomsrealtalk.com or email us at Yvonne at birthmomsrealtalk.com. If you like what you heard, we would appreciate your support on Patreon as a supporter. Find out more on our website. Tune in next time. See you then.